do you want to make a podcast? Come on, let's press record. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to make a podcast with you. Great. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcat, the premier podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-cats. My name is SJB and the place to be, and I'm joined, as always, by... Hey, it's me, Veronica. <laughs> I don't have a good rhyme. Nothing rhymes with Veronica, except for Hanukkah, which is... First day of. SJB, yeah, you know me. <laughs> oh, no, please stop. I hate it. <laughs> Anyone want a peanut? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hi, uh, it's December 10th. December 10th. Which I believe is the first day of Hanukkah 2020. It is. Happy Hanukkah. Which rhymes with my name. Does it? Veronica Hanukkah. Veronica Hanukkah. Yeah, it's like one of two things. <laughs> <laughs> Hanukkah and harmonica, I think, are the only other things that okay. rhyme with it. Okay, I yeah. love it. Great. Maybe symphonica, but I don't know if that's a real word. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy Hanukkah to everyone celebrating. For sure, absolutely. And um, welcome to, I don't think we've done a podcast. Okay, I just looked this up. Can you guess? Okay. Excuse me. Sorry. I believe a little something called professionalism. I burped. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked this up. Can you guess when our last podcast was? Our last podcast, podcast, was in June. Am you, I right? You are wrong. Okay. May. You are wrong. It was July 9th. It was called Hamburger Helper. Remember, it's when we watched uh, Supermarket Sweep. Oh, right. Supermarket like, Sweep. <laughs> you thought it was so funny that there were some different foodstuffs that we had in our homes at the same time yeah yeah absolutely supermarket sweep wow what a journey <laughs> it's been a long ways we're out of that shitty apartment that we were stuck in for a while yeah <laughs> Do you remember that one episode where we wanted to complain more about it and i was just like in case things become more confrontational yeah we should just be very professional and polite <laughs> yeah i really i really rip roared through that one and you were like in case we get litigious let's not <laughs> well you know whatever yeah I don't mean to consider myself any fount of, of knowledge, and I certainly do not give any legal of advice. Of course to, not. Even among us. Even to relationship. me. I, I can't. I could not he couldn't possibly do it. do it. He doesn't know. I do not know. <laughs> no one knows. But I just do believe that when uh, that when there's adversarial things, you, you, do, you don't skip any steps of being neighborly. You'd be very, you try to find an amicable solution every way possible, even especially when it's very frustrating. You know? That's so funny because you were approaching that from a totally different perspective than me because every time I called management, I was like, I'm recording this call. Well, no, no, no. I was kidding. doing all no, the things. Just... Like I was trying to be, I was, I was keeping track of recording all the notes that they had sent yeah. us. I was making a calendar of, of events. So I was preparing for the worst, but I didn't want to close any doors that we might want to go through in the future when we were thinking more clearly because I was upset in the moment. Yes, it's, it's, yes, that's more what I was You know, yeah. we have millions of listeners to this show. <laughs> and, you know, God forbid that we say something untowards about an apartment, about a person, about uh -huh. anything. I mean, we will get canceled. Oh, absolutely. Canceled. We have such a large platform. I mean, there's such a sober responsibility. Yeah. I want to complain about this, that, and the other thing, but they'll, they'll snitch to the creator of it and be yeah. like this huge podcast didn't like your voice acting oh. work 
And then I can't enjoy my life. Exactly. So. I can't even tell you how many people have called us from the Breaking Bad production yeah. to say thank you, thank you, thank you. You are what helped our show take off. And I'm like, <laughs> it's no problem. But we didn't like it. <laughs> we, we catered the spinoff because Sam was looking for a legal, uh, legal drama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then they were like, oh, you only like Better Call Saul? And we're like, yes. Yeah. That's the only one we like. <laughs> Really excited about watching Bob Odenkirk in his next film. Yeah, I Nobody. like him. I enjoy watching him. Yeah, he is a really fun actor. I like him a lot. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So we're all current on Better Call Saul, or at least we finished the fifth season. I don't know if that's yeah. exactly current, but we're current to what you can get online, I guess. I don't think they're in production for the next one because of uh, this pandemic. Really, shit but I do know that it's supposed to be the sixth and final season. Is what we're kind of leading up towards. Yeah, sixth uh-huh. and final. What what other show is coming to a close? Oh, so there, I guess, is room for New Fargo, but Noah Hawley is being very selective with what he's putting out. Yeah. What do we think? We just finished Fargo season four, and uh, long-time podcast listeners will know we rave about the show. We rave really about it. it. We love it. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, thank goodness for us. Yeah. Because we are able to get the word out that that show is fucking good. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think about this season four? Uh, season four was probably my least favorite season going in. Yeah. Um... So, it was slow for it was me. Slow and fell flat on kind of what it was trying to do mm-hmm. in some of the early notes that it tries to play. Where it's just uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. I mean? And not like 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 there's any content that's questionable, or I don't mean that sort of uncomfortable. I just mean like not enjoyable in the way it feels like it's trying to be enjoyable. You know, one of the things that I kind of thought about was, you know, we watched Lovecraft Country over um, the course of I its, do think. its thing. Yeah. And so we're watching two different shows talking about the same era. So they're still talking about the, you know, the 50s. Early 50s. Early 50s. And so they're kind of struggling with the same problems, but it just kind of should. And that could just be a network thing. Maybe you can't do that on FX yeah. or mm-hmm. any number of things. Yeah. But I feel like we got exposed to Lovecraft Country, and Fargo did not stand a chance. That's true. Like, I wonder if we hadn't watched Lovecraft Country, if we would have enjoyed Fargo Season 4 more. Just Perhaps, because Lovecraft yeah. Country tells that story. Um, it tells the story of all of the issues. It tells a story from well, that yeah. perspective. I don't mean to say the, the monolithic story by any means, but... but Certainly looking at um, uh, problems of that time, and Lovecraft Country is such a cathartic, intense, damning, uh, uh, amazing experience that, yeah. Yeah, I think it showed, for sh- uh, Lovecraft Country showed um, unequivocally just how terrible times have been and continue to be for the black population in mm-hmm. the United States. And then, um, you know, I don't know if it was just because, you know, they're not HBO. They're, they're not sure. doing an HBO show that maybe they couldn't show well, they all do of some those things. Pretty they adult did some content. pretty bad stuff. But uh-huh. Noah Hawley chose never to um, write or use the, the N-word in mm-hmm. the season of, of Fargo. He had one character kind of say it without saying it. Mm-hmm. And which character it made sense that they would say it like a, a really awful character. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. So I was just kind of like, that was a little underwhelming having just I'm not trying come to say that using or not using any language is a oh, yeah, mark of yeah. I'm just saying like different tools in the tool chest. Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't think it was a poor telling. No. Um, I just thought the story was a little bit slow for me. It took me a little while to believe in Chris Rock as the... As our as one of our protagonists, mm-hmm. um, I think he hit me differently. I think I kind of liked him. Okay, as, and I was able to divorce him from 
Um, however else he's been. I know he's so intense. He's so he's an actor who it's so hard not to be him. Like you're right, just seeing yeah. Chris Rock rather than that character. But I was able to buy into his character. And I, I like his character. His character is a little highlight of the, of the season for me. Yeah, I really the, his character certainly did grow on me. I think it. And I had said this to you when we were watching. But I kept thinking of him as like a cartoon character that yeah. we had, you know, that I had seen him in an animated uh-huh. film before. So I really just had to divorce that in my mind. And then once I finally made that connection and I broke that, um, I was like, okay, now I can move past. So it took like two episodes for me to like think sure. of him a, a little bit more seriously. Yeah, but yeah. It was good nonetheless. Um, uh, I won't, I, I don't even want to say what genre of supernatural tinge it was. Do not spoil any of but it's no spoiler because every time in Fargo, there's a suggestion of, of a supernatural. Mm-hmm. Or often there is, uh, depending on what you... Because t- you can accept different realities. But anyways, I, I really enjoyed the suggestion of the supernatural that happens in season four. It yeah. was hugely suspenseful, really interesting, and yeah. really darkly beautiful in a, in a way that was kind of unexpected. And both had consequences and no consequences, right? Yeah, for real. Right? Yeah, like, it, was it, was, uh, it was very perfect, which is how and you should be. It could be really scary at yeah. times, too. You're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I love their tinge of the supernatural. Absolutely, me in, too. In the season, that was that was a real highlight for me. Uh, so what else, Sam? What else have we been doing? We've been playing. I finished my first semester of law school. Oh, that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you finished. Yeah. Congratulations. I was we'll really see. happy to see you on the other side. <laughs> yeah. It uh, felt really spent <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, it and... was a lot of work for you. And I feel like I know so much, like there's so many things I wish I knew about being a good law student <laughs> for the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. that I feel like anyone could tell me and it wouldn't quite sink in, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited to try again for a new semester with the things that I, I feel like I know a little better or yeah, or, yeah so I think it must be something similar to like learning how to parent for the first time because no one can tell you what to expect because every person is different and uh-huh. you are different your child will be different no matter what so you just have to kind of learn as you go and it's like the worst thing in the world feeling like you're learning in such an important time uh-huh. right but yeah I, yeah I think that's you know you walk into the next one like you walk into the you know, second year or the second child or whatever, and you're like, oh, I got uh, this shit down. Uh-huh. No problem. <laughs> Something so weird. Uh, um, one, there's there's so much about the school that I really like. I, I love the culture quite a bit too. Um, and there's there's so much support there, which is really interesting and, and so unusual because it's it's not exactly what you expect. You, you know, there's going to be a lot of support when you pay a lot of money for a really nice program mm-hmm. for there specifically to be a lot of support. But in a law school world, maybe I would have expected this if I wasn't a first generation law student, but I I, I am. And so I, I didn't know to expect this, not expect this, but you're not allowed to not be good at something. Yeah. It's not allowed. <laughs> so you could, at a normal school thing, something can be not your thing or you cannot take naturally to something. And that's kind of fine. It kind of all balances out for you to even do well academically yeah. in this one. But there are so many meetings with the TAs or supplemental programs or opportunities to talk to the teacher or ways to work it out. You're not allowed to not be good at something. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean like in a joking way. I mean like uh, it isn't done. Yeah. (laughs) Which has been really interesting and and a little new. (laughs) Well, it's nice that, you know, so much of the program is dedicated to your your success. Yeah. So I remember when you came home, um, you did what was called like a what was it an introductory week or boot camp? Uh, foundations week. Yeah. Foundations week. There we go. Um, and you said that you had conversations with like um, second year and third year students, and then the deans and stuff. And they were like, "You 
don't need to do anything, do any additional reading. We will teach you yeah. how to do law school. Like, you know, you're not going to be deficient in anything. It's if a you self-contained know universe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like you kind of like walked out of that and you're like, I don't know, maybe not. Or, you know, whatever. You still had like some, maybe some, not even trepidations, but just like, I don't know, a sense of unease because uh-huh. you hadn't done it before, right? Sure. So, and, and I feel like the further and further along you got in the program, you know, if you were talking to me or whatever about, oh, I'm really struggling with this, that, or the other, it seemed like days later you were like, oh, I'm going to this particular thing, which is going to help me with this exact yeah, yeah, same issue. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's I so mean, great. It's not to say that you don't have a class. You're, you will have classes that you're bad at. Yeah. But then what you're, you're expected to do and what you do, and, and, and I like that these things exist and the culture of it exists, is, okay, so you enroll in a study group that's for this class. That's almost like a supplemental class for mm-hmm. that class that you go to once a week or more that you prepare for and stuff and that you really figure it out so whatever yeah. you're with you you figure it out it, it's so much so fast and just so dense that it was it's hard to imagine that it was 14 weeks <laughs> you know what i mean it was a long time yeah for me. <laughs> and hours get so slow by the end because the yeah. know, out- work you're outputting for the final memo or for the outlines to get to the final exams or something like the daily output is just so intense and you use the time so actively yeah. <laughs> afterwards it's it like your relationship with time feels warped for a second too for sure but i really loved it i, I really do in, in fact uh, it's hard to adjust <laughs> a break it really truly is yeah no it's been uh it's been interesting watching you go from one gear i feel like you shifted from fifth gear to like one yeah. <laughs> first gear and you're like oh my god <laughs> i have to convince myself yeah for a while to be productive for a minute yeah and today i think was your probably your most productive day when you just got out and did some shit you're yeah like, okay it, i think today was the least we had seen each other sure yeah the time that you've been off which you were excuse me i'm drinking apple cider and it's making me a little burp, burp. <laughs> um so you finished right before thanksgiving American Thanksgiving, United States Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's been about two weeks, and you just now, I think, are getting into a headspace where you're like, I can come up for air. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You've just been, it's like you jumped into the pool and were like, falling in. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to see you. Pretty freaking pooped. <laughs> yeah, you were a tired guy. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it's been interesting. Uh huh. We got our house all decorated for the holidays. It looks nice. I'm yeah, happy with it. Me too. Um, so when we moved, we did not bring a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our minds, we were thinking, "Oh, what does this cost? A dollar? <laughs> we'll replace it. No big deal." And also, like we both had so much going on, yeah, personally, professionally, everything. Like you know, there was so much, and like different stuff and the same stuff for both yeah. of us. It was just a lot. So the the actual packing was so compressed yeah. and. I remember we were so sore from from packing all day, and you just could hardly convince yourself to move another box, and you were just yeah. I was so tired. Yeah, so we were. It was a extremely chaotic packing. It was a chaotic. It was February of 2020, yeah. which I'm sure every the end listener will appreciate. <laughs> we're packing in Armageddon. It was fucking madness. Nobody knew anything about anything. There's chaos and horror and panic, and yeah. also we're packing and leaving jobs and starting jobs and. So it was a it was definitely an, an intense time. It was very wild. I remember. Um, so, after, and maybe we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm not sure, but um, you know, of course, 
now we're in the it, this huge economic crisis and when I started my job I started my job on March the 1st and I think three weeks later they instituted a hiring freeze and that's it like had we decided to defer until April I would not have a job just would not have it and so we're just so lucky that we happened to move when we did and that, you know, just all this stuff kind of fell into place. So. Mm-hmm. It would really Very... work out. I'm hoping our good luck that's continued for us personally yeah. um, through 2020 is going to continue through when my grades post. and like Oh, when your grades post? <laughs> really hoping this lucky rabbit tail yeah. has a little more juice in it. <laughs> so on December 16th, everyone cross your fingers. Actually, cross your fingers now because yeah. that's when that's when the finals are getting graded. <laughs> God, can't yeah. talk about this. <laughs> okay, we won't talk about this. We are going to talk about the fact that you've not had a haircut since oh, before a, law school. Yeah, it's a wild. It's I love it. <laughs> it's a real mean kind of lion thing going on. Um, for anyone that has known Sam for many many years, he when I met Sam, he had really kind of like well, I wouldn't say really long, but like kind of long shaggy hair or whatever, and I thought it was very attractive. Mm. So anytime you get to uh, grow out your hair, I'm always like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, this is the longest it's been in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, we oh, what else are we watching? What else have we watched? Oh my gosh, we so <laughs> we watched Bolt Seduced and um, oh, and the Nexium one, The Vow, The Vow. <laughs> so, so both Nexium shows. And okay, so here's the here's the fun thing. If you know my personality, if you know me from anywhere other than podcast podcast, you know that I love fucking scary cults. Uh huh. Um, I think it is so interesting to like hear people's experiences and like you know how you get coerced into doing things that you don't really want to do but in the moment you think are fine um so i love so much cult stuff and i will watch any kind of cult bullshit you have to get you know to throw at me um and so when sam was like oh we have to watch the vow and i was like what the fuck are you talking about what's the vow and he's like oh it's the nexium thing and i was like what no the i fuck ch- is Nexium? i gave you no context i said you'll be you'll see <laughs> and just put flight at first and we talked about what it was after the first episode <gasps> that's right okay but so, i tried to keep the premise a complete secret from you that's before we right because yeah you you had said the vow and then you said nexium and then when i didn't know what that was you're like no more. No more. No more. <laughs> Let's watch it. No, no <laughs> That's right. And so I went in blind. And and I had read everything. So, like, there's a, uh, for anyone who uh, doesn't know The Vow or next year, like, there's a story of it. There's a huge New York Times article that, um, right after the, some of the Me Too. Uh, uh, yeah, after the Harvey pieces. Weinstein yeah, thing. Yeah, after that comes broke. out. Then there's a huge New York Times profile, and then there's just a spat of news. Well, I read the New York Times thing the day it came out, and then I read, like, all the news that came out right after, and I followed the trial. So I, like, read all the contemporary sources as much as I could. Yeah. And there's still a ton you don't know if if that's what you get, because both of these, one follows people who are very senior in the organization of, of Nexium who have since left, and one follows somebody who was kind of, like, there's a massive game of tongue of war over this person mm-hmm. to get them out or to make them the poster child of it. So one really follows that one person and one follows these two people who were like senior. The two different in documentaries, he means. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both of those tell a, a, a very unique story that was very different than the story that you get just reading the newspaper. And there's probably still so much that we don't know because still you have, I think, at least four 
high profile women that are still waiting to be charged is that or not be charged to be convicted right or have all the trial has like Nancy's trial gone forward or? I'm not I'm not entirely sure okay. I thought from the end of seduced that they said that Nancy had a sentence okay right she's she's like 20 years up to and 20. her daughter's is up to 40 or something yeah, like that yeah her daughter's was a lot longer than hers yeah. and Nancy giving the lighter sentence was really concerning because Nancy is like such a scary sociopath yeah absolutely so uh, terrifying. I I loved it. I love going in blind. And of course, as soon as as soon as we were in the second episode, I was like, "Oh shit! Yes, I do remember this now." Yeah. Um. So it was great to to see. But, but you hadn't read like all the news stories. No, I had not. Because well, what I really like, and it, especially when you're thinking about like contemporary kind of cults activities, is I like for that to sit for a second so that mm. people can really get at it. I love to hear. Um, like cult analysts and stuff and the, you know, the exiting therapists and everything really get a chance to sink their teeth in so I can hear the whole story and like all these people could come out of the woodworks and put the whole puzzle together. Um, so I don't like to read a whole lot right on. Like, I think I read like maybe the first part of the New York Times article. Sure. Like, oh, it's fucking crazy. What? Sarah Edmondson. Yeah. You know, I actually listened to like a two or three part behind the bastards on... Keith Raniere too. Oh shit! And that tells a completely different story because that focuses on the children victims he had when he was a little oh, bit younger. Oh yeah, which they don't even really even cover. Yeah. the in the vow and which like is the HBO. It's one. crazy and seduced because seduced. They talk about one of the people who died under mysterious circumstances around Keith years ago. Yeah, it's insane to me. There's another footnote that oh, and then also many many people who died under mysterious circumstances around Keith Raniere. Yeah, like like they don't also say like this is we're just using one of many. <laughs> Or is but, it that they, they continue to have legal support? And so, I mean, like, do they want to put those things in there and then get charged? You know, like, and have, I guess have some kind of frivolous lawsuit Seduced is so deliberate in the way it storytells. Mm-hmm. I think more deliberate than the other documentary. It's very scripted, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but also they only talk about parts of the story that they really know or have the person to speak you know mm-hmm. what i mean they're, they're really like we're gonna sit here it's from and we're gonna one perspective examine this with six experts on this one part of the you know it's gonna go very thorough mm-hmm. so maybe they're not going to speak about the younger uh, stuff of keith ranieri unless they could do it at that level or sure something. sure so we watched that that was really fun and then um we finished the vow and both of us were like okay We've had some heavy shit, you know. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. So we watched <laughs> right. The Vow. We watched Seduced. We and watched, then we watched Fargo. Fargo. And then we watched a Jonestown documentary. No, and then... Did we watch the Jonestown yeah, first? first? We did. We did. Because I remember because... Okay. Yeah. And then we started watching a Jonestown. We watched like two hours of it. And, I was and like, we're just like, we can't do this. We can't do that right <laughs> it's now. Too much. It's too much. It, it's too much in a week. Uh-huh. So... Um, Let's watch a comedy. Let's watch a comedy. And so we picked a movie. because From we were the like, comedy section. From the comedy section of, called... Of Hulu. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Now, we have to be careful because yeah. now this movie is going to blow up. That's it's right. Now that we've so said huge. those words, little Quentin Tarantino yeah. is this unknown, is underground guy we've been following. writer, producer. Um, I think his day is going to come and people are going to hear the name. But People are going to be excited about him, I think. Yeah. Enjoy his back catalog. <laughs> so, I got recommended this movie so many times, but it came out at a time when it was just really hard for me to get to go and see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because Same. we were trying to fucking move and uh-huh. like all this other stuff, so I didn't really have a whole lot of time. Um, and so, we didn't go and see that particular film. And 
I don't like to know about Quentin Tarantino films before I go see them, and yes. I don't like to know almost anything about any right. movie I go and mm-hmm. see. I really and don't like And this watch one lends itself to you not understanding the premise more than any other ones. Yeah. Like, if you're going to watch um, The Inglorious Bastards, you're going to have a greater idea mm-hmm. of the premise. Just from, like, the poster, you're going to know more what it's about than this one, which yeah. I like about this one. This one's so fun to kind of jump into blind. Yeah. So we should encourage people to <laughs> to do that yeah. if you haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it, stop listening to this yes. podcast. Um, so <laughs> we're watching this and we're... we're finally an escape from cult shit. Yeah. And so um, the only thing that I really think I knew was that it was about Leonardo DiCaprio as this old-timey spaghetti western type yeah. dude sure. and his stunt double Brad Pitt. Yeah. That's all I knew. Uh-huh. And one of the first scenes is Roman, it says like the date, 1968 or 69, something like that. And it's Roman Polanski. And he's driving around Hollywood with this like beautiful blonde woman. And I was like, is that fucking Sharon Tate? And you're like, (laughs) what? (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And uh, so I was just like, no, this can't be. And so, um, so then they go and they drive up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this has got to be it. And I was like. Well, what the fuck? Oh, she's not pregnant. So, okay, this can't possibly be related. This will be. This will come up in some kind of cursory way. Uh-huh. And um, so we watch this film, and of course, in the middle of the film, like Brad Pitt encounters the uh, the Manson cult up at um, Spawn Studios, so yeah. or Spawn Ranch, uh, which is an old Western. Uh, place it is now burned to the ground uh-huh. um, unrelated to the Mansons just wildfires in California so uh, so anyways we find this whole thing out and I was like holy fucking shit how did we find another cult shit? yeah we found more we're cult like shit. we're done with charismatic cult leaders <laughs> and murder <laughs> what can we watch and we watched a Manson killing movie yeah <laughs> And it was glorious yeah. I the whole time I'm thinking because I have you know, I'm fucking ingrained with this cult bullshit. And I was really obsessed with the Manson stuff when I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. I went to the library and checked out things. Like I thought it was just such a cool thing to like understand and know. And like, how do these people, you know, get into this shit? Um, so there's a part in the film where you see Sharon Tate pregnant and I'm like, Oh fuck, here it comes. Oh my God. She's, you know, she is about to have this baby. What the heck? And um, for those of you that don't know, Sharon Tate is stabbed to death while she's pregnant. Um, IRL. IRL. Um, And so the way that the movie ends, ends in such a fantastic way. And I don't want to spoil you at all. Um, So it it is worth watching the film just to see the end of the movie. It was so fucking good. I think the whole thing was a good time. Yes, it was so much fun. Like, the way that, the only thing I didn't spoil to me about it is that it's kind of just about the fantasy of looking like Brad Pitt, being Brad Pitt in 1969, Golden Age Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what the movie is about, is just you're a camera from this, then these interesting people. You're you're sometimes Sharon Tate, you're sometimes um, Brad's Pitt character, who's just a stunt double, and you're sometimes Leonardo DiCaprio's character. But in any of them, you're kind of live, living a sort of romanticized um, Hollywood life from different points of view. Absolutely. And it's just the joy of that. You yeah. Know? It was a really good movie. Highly recommend you uh, watch it. It's on Netflix? Stars? No, I think we got it through Stars or maybe Stars or HBO. HBO. I don't know. Yeah. We got some free subscription stuff happening right now. Yeah. Um, well, I, what I should say is that we obviously get Stars and Netflix and HBO all for free because we are 
as I said, a podcast with millions and millions of listeners, and yeah. it is your downloads that help us. I mean, if maybe if we're some other podcast on the podcast podcast network, that'd be something. But we're on the premier vehicle, the premier vehicle that kind of drives yeah. this whole network. Well, keeps I mean, the, the rest of the network so. depends on us. I mean, it sure do. We've been letting them down. We went almost six months without making a podcast. That's true. And people were like, yeah. "Listen, you can make this podcast from home." And we're like, well, we like to pretend to drive to the yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we like to fly into that nice ranch in Wyoming mm-hmm. where a whole bunch of people with those records. And there's that 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 place in on Jamaica where the yeah. all those those famous on records Jamaica. come to. We we like to be at the nice studio, something that's the, to the caliber of the work that we're doing. Yeah, steeped with the history that we're also doing. If you out are there. responsible for launching. I mean, multi-million dollar blockbuster films into the stratosphere. Uh-huh. Yeah, you want to be recognized for that. And if we don't, if we're not able to show more than half of our faces, because obviously we are mask-wearing people. That's what's right. What's the point of even going outside if people can't recognize you? Ridiculous. Stall for me. Oh, I'm stalling. I mean, Vince Gilligan. I'm waiting for that gift basket. Yeah. Vince Gilligan, creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Send us a fucking gift basket. <laughs> we bumped your shit. You cheat motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's a good, that's a good place to call That's it. a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Meow.